The TARDIS cloister bell. Imminent disaster. The cloister bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cloister Bell podcast where today we'll be talking about the third episode of the Flux series, Once Upon Time. I'm Liam and I'm joined by Rob. How's it going, Rob? Hello everyone. Um, it's going well. Yeah, good. Normal day. It's raining outside, um, but otherwise it's fine. Yes, let's talk about the weather. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's It's been very mild uh, for autumn, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, the heating's been on now and again recently mm-hmm. it's hard to get a good balance it's either too too warm or too cold yeah um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's the weather talk now let's talk about heating bills so the thing no um <laughs> so have you been have you been up too much uh, no um last time we spoke i'd been to the cinema to see eternals mm-hmm. um uh, just mainly work this week, and uh, we did do a live stream on Monday, mm-hmm. which was pretty good, with um, Matt from ne- Neither the Time Nor the Space podcast, Carolyn and Shona from My Adventure in Space and Time podcast, and we had Harry and Luke from the Who Can Convince You podcast, along with myself, and so we talked about uh, exactly what we're talking about today, about Flux Part 3. Once upon time, yeah, it's a hard one to say without saying it wrong. Once upon time, yeah. Um, I don't like. <laughs> I'm not that keen on the title, uh, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's, it's like once, comma, upon time. It's a bit, mm. yeah, bit of a funny one. Um, just going back to the cinema. Um, so I f- went uh, last Friday and I saw Spencer. Oh yeah, you mentioned you were going to see that. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good film. Because um, uh, when I found out that they were going to do a movie about Princess Diana, I really need something else about Princess Diana. Did we really need something else? But I saw the trailer and I went, hmm, actually, okay, this looks quite good. Christian Stewart, uh, who plays uh, Diana, does a fantastic job. She is amazing in that role. Um, um, so for those that don't know, it's uh, it's a fictional story, but based on a true event, which is um, the... Th- Christmas Eve, it's set uh, during Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day in 1992, which was when Princess Diana decided that she would separate from Prince Charles. Um, and you get a real... Through through her performance and how the film is directed, you get a real sense of the claustrophobia of um, you know the, the mental anguish that she was going in. It's, it's amazingly done. Um... And it's one of those movies that that uh, that had stuck with me. Uh, I'll be I'll certainly be watching it again at some point. Not necessarily at the cinema, but I'll definitely be buying it when it comes comes out on uh, on Blu-ray. Yeah, I'll probably check it out when it's out on Netflix or wherever. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely one that I recommend. It's a ve- it's a very good, strong, powerful drama. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm pleased that uh, I went to the cinema to see that. At the moment, um, there's nothing. I know House of Gucci is coming out, which I can't, which I want to watch. Yeah, um, uh, which comes out at the end of November. Uh, Who's in that? Uh, Al Pacino's in it. 
Jeremy Irons is in it, Lady Gaga. Ah. Uh, those are the three names that like immediately spring to mind. Um, <laughs> there's probably some other big names in there, which is oh, Adam Driver's in it. Um, right. There's probably some other big names in there, which should be leaping to mind. But yeah, they're definitely in it, and it's directed by Ridley Scott. Mm, yeah. Um, so looking forward to that. But other than that, there's nothing else really. Uh, that's. Oh, actually, uh, at some point, I think it's early December, they've done a um, a 4K restoration for The Matrix, and they're re-releasing that at the cinema for it. Um, I think it was originally going to come out for the 20th anniversary, but wouldn't that have been two years ago? Yeah, is it 98? I thought it was 99. Anyway, yeah, yes, 99, um, 99, the, yes. The, the, they're re-releasing The Matrix um, at the cinema, so I'll... I'll because when that first, I saw the sequels at the cinema, but I didn't have the opportunity to see the original when it, uh, when it first yeah, came. Yeah, same here. Um, so I'll probably go and see that, which, funny enough, will be in time for uh, the new Matrix movie, the fourth one. Um, which does that come out on the twenty eighth of December? I don't know. Anyway, I, I think it's the trailer enough, but no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably watch that at some point. Yeah, it should be good. I mean, what did you think of the sequels? Without going too in depth. Yeah, well, I th- <laughs> it's probably not going to be a shocker. I thought that the the second one was 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 decent and very entertaining. Entertaining, yeah. Um, and I thought the third one was a it had good moments in there, but I thought overall was it was a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's kind of lowered the bar, so the new one can't fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was planned all along. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hate them as much as most people do. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I probably because uh, when we saw them, I was, you know, we were in a, we were teenagers, and you know, when you're a teenager, you know, when you when you love something, you love it with an intensity like never. And when you hate something, you really hate it. It's a bit, yeah. it's a bit extreme. So probably it's just, you know, it was just, yeah, it was, a, it was a bit disappointing. But as a teenager, goes, I hate that film. It's awful. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. If I watch it yeah. now, just go, yeah, it, was, it wasn't all that. Yeah. I saw a bit of the third one recently, but um, right. I feel I feel like if if I sit down and watch it all, I'm worried I'll actually dislike it. I thought you, I thought you were going to say that <laughs> you would actually worry that you would like it. <laughs> well, it was all right. I, I remember thinking, yeah, that's the last part of the story. I wasn't too ju- judgmental on storytelling back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because I remember when I went to see uh, Die Another Day at the cinema, and it was just. Thought it was awful, and uh, to the point of just going, "I'm never going to watch another James Bond film ever again." Type of reaction Die, to it. Which ones? Which ones? Die another day. The last one. Uh, Pierce Brosnan's last one. Oh, is that when I, I bumped into you in PC World? Literally, I'd I'd been to see it with my mum, and then I bumped into you with your mum. I'd literally, I'd literally just seen it like the screening before you. Did you see it at the Orion? Yeah. Yeah, literally, we we bumped into each other, and I was like, "Oh, I've just seen, I've just been to see that," and you were like, "Oh, I'm just going to see that." Bye. <laughs> oh, sorry, Rob, I can't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then as I walked off to see you, you were just thinking, "You poor man, you don't know." It. Anyway, um, yeah. but now, I mean, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's a, a movie that uh, deserves massive reevaluation. It, it is a mess, but now I can, I just find it really entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, um. Uh, without wishing to sort of 
well that's the end of that bit um is there anything else you want to talk about before before we move on uh no i've I've had such a busy week i just had time to watch flux and i've only watched it the once have you have you given a rewatch yet no no i, I, I saw it the, yeah. just i feel like what one was enough uh, i did, i was <laughs> like kind of i was paying attention I, oh. that wasn't a remark on how bad it was so good yeah, <laughs> once was enough. <laughs> well, that's our review, folks. Tune in next week when we know. Okay, um, so <laughs> that's the end of that bit. So uh, our social media information. Um, please get in contact with us. Uh, we've actually got quite a few comments uh, from um, from some of our listeners. Thank you very much. Not fair. We're, it's your it's, it's your week this week. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but we're reading those towards the end. But um, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at podcast bell tends to be the best place we're also on instagram at cloister underscore bell and we have our very own website because you know we're flash and fancy like that yeah uh, which is at cloisterbellpodcast.com you can access the podcast there if you wish but there's also some games and and, and fun uh, little bits yeah. and pieces in fact i dare anyone to find a better doctor who podcast website yeah yeah the game's on um so um and you can, uh, if you like this podcast, you can support us in uh, a number of ways, getting the word out there, telling people how bloody marvellous it is, like, share and subscribe and all that. Oh, give us a review. Give us a review, yes. Uh, but only We'll if read good. it out on the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we will actually. Yeah, we'll read it out. And uh, but <laughs> unless you write a, a really b- uh, saying how awful it is, but in a really witty way, which kind of amuses us, then they will write, uh, <laughs> we'll read that yeah. one out as well. Um but uh, if you would like to, to go the extra step, uh, you can also support us on Patreon. Uh, the link's on our website, uh, but you can also search for, for us on the Patreon website by searching Cloisterbell Podcast, funnily enough. Yeah. Now that's the end of that bit. So um, now we're going to be reviewing uh, the, the the third and middle part of the Flux series. So yes, this is halfway through the current Halfway, series. Mark. Yeah. So um, when I was watching it, and then after watching it, I went, oh, typical. I've been, I've been landed with the, the podcast to, to lead the, the conversation on this bloody complicated thing. But actually, on reflection, uh, I don't think it's that complicated, but we'll get onto that. But first of all, no. so a brief plot synopsis. The Doctor and her companions are scattered throughout time and their own lives. Only the Doctor can find them with Amuri's help. Meanwhile, the Ravagers, Swarm and Azure have captured all of time and their passengers... And the Doctor must convince the Muri to help her release the hostages without understanding the cause of it all. <clears throat> so if she can't understand it, what well, hope do the rest of us have? Um, so the cast and crew, uh, Jodie Whittaker plays the Doctor, Mandip Gill, Yasmin Khan, John Bishop plays Dan Lewis, Thadida Graham plays Belle, new character, Steve Oram plays Joseph Williamson, uh, Nadida Albina plays Diane, Joe Martin returns, playing the fugitive Doctor, uh, Sam Spurrell plays Swarm. Uh, Rajdeen Das Sandal plays Azure. Matthew Needham comes back. Uh, we'd only seen him briefly in the very first episode of the Halloween Apocalypse, uh, playing the old version of Swarm. He comes back. Playing... Or, or the young version, whichever way you look at it. Uh, yes, that's true. Yeah, uh, Actually, yeah, the technicality. He plays the, the first version of Swarm, we'll say that. Um, Jacob Anderson plays Vinda. Craig Parkinson plays the Grand Serpent. And Barbara Flynn plays Orsock. The episode was written by Chris Chibnall and it was directed by uh, Azure Salim. So, uh, the episode begins with uh, with Belle and my reaction was, not a new character, really? Do we need another? Ooh, Daleks. Um, so so that, was, that was my reaction. 
Um, yeah. And really, what this episode is is uh, it doesn't really it, it. And this is deliberate. It doesn't flow in a very easy, uh, you know, <laughs> natural way. Where um, we're jumping hither and thither all over the place um, uh, across time. I would say the one easiest aspect of the story to follow is that of Belle. She's the, you know, she's clearly yes. in one time and we're following her through. She's aware of the flux um, somehow and um, she's trying to get somewhere. Uh, at the For most of the episode, we don't know um, where she's trying to go to. It's just, um, she's just trying to survive. And it's through her that we come across uh, these blue floaty things. Um, mm, yeah. And it's established that these blue floaty things are um, trying to tidy up the issues that the Flux have done by basically killing survivors. Um, so as soon as it sees you, it, it, goes, it goes towards you, attacks you, kills you. Um, and we see that. Um what did the effects look really dodgy to you of the blue stuff they did but i thought it was a sort of like a deliberate choice they're clearly meant to be they're clearly meant to stand out i mean yeah. um it's a very very uh bright um it's the sort of shade of blue that used to be on the french flag getting topical folks do you know the story about the french flag by the way no right okay well it's big news folks uh the french have uh, the french government have decided to change the shade of blue on the French flag to the shade of blue that it used to be in the 1970s and prior. Oh. Yeah. Is it a, is it a brighter blue? No, it's a darker blue. Dark. So now the, the, the current French flag is a darker version of blue, but the previous version of blue is the colour of these blue floaty things in Once Upon a Time. Right. Yes. Like, like it's no longer copyrighted. <laughs> In the, in the public domain. French Basically, blue. the French flag has come alive, just the blue bit, and go around killing people. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, r- 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 random crap. Um, so yeah, yeah. so uh, that's what happens. And then through the the running of the episode, as um, she inc- so as I said, we we first encounter her where she's trying to um, uh get around the Daleks. And she's very aware of the Daleks, and even though she's yeah. aware of the, the danger of them, because she's that used to them, and it completely makes sense, it's sort of, yeah, the Daleks, you just sort of deal with it, whereas Flux, this is a new thing, and it, it's a bit apprehensive, because it's, it's a new threat. And I quite liked that um, that reaction um, to yeah. it. Um, what did you think of the aesthetics of the Daleks? They were, obviously, the, the, the 2005 Daleks, but were they more, more, more um, golden? Yeah, they looked more bronzy and more metallic. Um, yeah. To the point where... Because d- they're hovering as well, which I thought was quite... Yeah, it was Was that a CGI shot? And then was it a practical shot when they came around the corner? Well, that's the thing, because I was thinking... Because I thought the way that the Daleks looked... Th- I mean, they're only in the episode very briefly. Um, I thought their whole look looked CGI. Mm. There wasn't anything that looked very tangible about them. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I wasn't sure if they were trying to emulate how they were meant to look, and the CGI went a bit weird. But hopefully that's not the case, and it's a bit of a new, like a new, new tone for them. Yeah, I and mean, just sort of emphasize how you know the, the the metallic nature of them. 
perhaps. Yeah. Mm. Well, so, what we what what was your uh, initial thoughts when we were introduced to this new character? Uh, it's kind of what I expected. Just <laughs> like a whole roll your eyes moment of of not of not going into the action into um into resolving what happened last week. Mm-hmm. Um was the bit with the doctor was that the pretail scene and then we went to Bell's story. I can't remember which order it was. I'm not surprised that I can't remember the whole story was all over the place. Well it was uh, I think we had a, a previously in flux and it was wrapping up it was summing up uh what happened in the first two episodes. Then Oh yes and it was all in the doctor's head. We had we had kind of um her calculating what was happening. Yes, yeah yeah. yeah. Was a very doctory thing to do, yeah. Yeah, and it it kind of going going to that. It um, so the the previous episode ended on this fantastic cliffhanger, which was um, Swarm threatening to to let time uh, ravage um, Yaz, um, and then and then the Doctor has to quickly calculate how to how to get out of the situation. So what she does is uh, she quickly snatches down, puts him on the pedestal of where one of the Muri would be, because they're in this temple, um, yeah. and the, the Muri are something to do with protecting time. We we know that much at that point. Um, and then she puts herself on a pedestal. This is all with her seconds, and then in order to protect themselves, throws the, th- basically throws themselves into. Um, the time fisher, the thrown through time, and time's fractured, and it's a it's a dangerous thing to do, but it's the only thing that you could do within a um, short space of time. And I thought yeah. the visuals of it looked quite good. Although, funnily enough, do you remember? I'm going way back here. Um, do you remember the, the the main publicity shot for Matt Smith's first season? I think it was used on the DVD cover when it's. Uh, it it was it was actually um, a three D trailer at the cinema. Yes, because it was. Three D was the big thing at the time, mm-hmm. um, and that, of course, made it as a TV trailer. And it was also, yeah, the holographic cover on the on the DVD that I've got. Yeah, and uh, so uh, Matt Smith's Doctor and uh, and Amy are, you know, th- what, floating around, floating yeah. around with all the villains of the series, and it, it doesn't look the same. I'm not suggesting that, look, but uh, it reminded me of that. So basically, in uh, the Doctor, in order to save uh, Yaz, Vinda, and um, uh, Dan, has basically chucked them all into the season five publicity photo. Yeah, just floating around. Just... And actually, going back to that publicity trailer from season series five, mm-hmm. it's it was kind of a montage of like different villains all floating around. Yeah, and everyone thinking, well, that would never really happen in the show, but now we have Flux and. <laughs> But here Everybody we are. Um, yeah. and we They're have we have giant Muri standing there, looking 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 massive. Um, a weeping angel pops up. Yeah, uh, and then and then promptly vanishes. But what happens is um, we uh, we then get into the main uh, thrust of of the story, which is uh, everyone. All the, it's it's really the three main characters: the Doctor, well, um, no, the, the four uh, the four main characters. Sorry, uh, the Doctor. Uh, Vinda, Yaz, and uh, and Dan are then split, fractured across time, which I thought was very City of Death. Um, yeah. You know, with uh, I forgot what's the name of the villain in City of Death again. Um, why do I not know this? You put me on the spot. Um, come on, your favorite Tom Baker story. Come on, oh, come uh, on. Uh, Skagroth. Scar- uh, Scar- uh, Count Scarlioni. Scarroth. That's it. Yes. 
Everyone's heard of Count Scarlioni. <laughs> Trigon- trigonometry was never my strong point. Um, and, you know, so, so, so in City of Death, uh, Scarlioni or um, uh, Scaroth, <laughs> uh, the last of the Jaggeroth, uh, he was in this massive explosion at the, the uh, and the result of that was that he, he was splintered across uh, time. Yes, and and uh, which is a great idea, and um, and Chris Chibnall, you know, borrows from <laughs> borrows from one of the best stories, and does the same thing here, but we really d- delve into the um, I don't know, so probably the nightmarish element of that. So we during the course of the episode, we're 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 hopping not we're not only uh, hopping across what the different characters are doing, but well, uh, you know, we could be sticking with one character. And they themselves are hopping around at different aspects of their own, their own, um, their own history. Some of it's yeah. in in their own future, like with Yaz. Uh, but most of the time, but they... things are a bit different. She noticed. Yeah, I think because she's with her sister, it's not a house that she's aware of, and and things like that. Um, yeah. But with mo- but with most of the characters, they tend to be repeating. They tend to be um, trapped in a, a memory. Yeah. Um, and. This is where um, the the episode, I think, um, suffers from this a little bit because some of the the uh, ele- some of this is really good. Some of it isn't as good. So I'll get the the stuff that I don't think isn't as good out the way. And I'm so- it's disappointing, but we're here again. I think the stuff with Yaz is weak, in my view. Very weak. We had uh, the scene in the car, mm-hmm. which I was just waiting for that to be over. Uh, and then uh, the scene in the living room. Yeah. Which was just kind of the same old, same old. And then and the Weeping Angel came out the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was pretty much it. Yeah, that was pretty much it. And it was, this was... No no character stuff. No, and again, I was very disappointed with this. Because uh, you and I, Rob, have said, as we've gone through the Jodie Whittaker episodes, that... Yaz was a character who was always very much sidelined and it was always a shame because there was a potential there because we liked the character, we liked the actress playing her and all the rest of it. That was that was never the issue. It was just the fact that um, she wasn't utilised particularly well. Um, and I thought with Flux, certainly with the first two episodes, I thought, right, we, we, we seem to have... We seem to be, you know, seeing more of Yaz, and she's clearly been with the Doctor for, for for a long time. So, yeah, I mean, we were talking about her character in the Halloween Apocalypse, and saying, you know, it's great that she knows how to fly the TARDIS. She rescues Dan. She's very capable, and, and all the rest of it. And it was fantastic to see. Um, uh, but once again, we've returned to her being sidelined, and to me, that was the weakest element of of the episode. Really, what's established, which uh, you yourself, Rob, have just said, is that. Uh, what is established is she's get she gets stalked by a weeping angel. Yeah, we don't know why. We we still don't know what the motives of the weeping angel actually are as well. But nevertheless, it's there to do its thing where it'll take her out of her time stream and pull her away. And the doctor said, if that happens, she might not be able to find her. Mm-hmm. So it establishes a potential level of drama there and, and, and threat but it doesn't really go anywhere and really I think what all this does 
we'll get onto it, of course. But uh, this really just sets up the episode's cliffhanger. Um, yeah. And nothing else. So th- that I didn't particularly like. Then, um, slightly better, but I don't think as much. You know, when we compare it to the, what what we're seeing elsewhere, uh, we also have the stuff with Dan, um, which I kind of liked. Uh, uh, um, well, I liked a lot. Uh, I thought it worked a lot more better when you compare it to what was going on with Yaz. Um, but really, the, the stuff with Dan doesn't uh, really add much narratively either. But what no, I did it, like... it was a bit of backstory, but... Yeah. But did would really need it? Probably not. No. Um, but what I did like through the um, was uh, John. Uh, I'm going to say John Bishop, but for some reason, have I got his name wrong? I know it is John. Bishop. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that was wrong. Uh, yeah. So uh, one of the things that I really like is John Bishop's uh, performance in this, where he's, you know, he's he's going through the the memory and living it as normal, and then he's kind of doubting himself and noticing things and. I just really liked his performance. That was the 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 bits that I liked in his sections. But yeah, but again, in terms of the writing, it's not really adding much. And then we encountered Joseph Williamson again, and I'm I'm sorry, Rob. <laughs> I don't know why I'm apologising to you, but uh, I'm now finding him quite irritating. Yeah, he's going to crop up next week, but just briefly. <laughs> yeah. Um. When again, we're going back to. Uh, the Halloween Apocalypse, when he was introduced, I thought, you know, there was something, okay, what uh, he got to do with the story and the creating of his tunnels, and obviously there's going to be a point when when uh, Dan in, uh, encounters him. Uh, I'm going to, you know, uh, and I, I, I've got a sinking suspicion that we will see that uh, in a much <clears throat> more substantial way than what we get in Once Upon Time. But um, I thought... That, so he's established as a, as a mystery and going, okay, where, where's that going to go? We see him briefly on the planet Time in the previous episode. Was that, well, how on earth has he got there? That's interesting. I think at this point, I, either have him pop up, but have him more ingrained into the narrative, or not at all. Yeah. Personally. I don't think him having popping up at the, this... I, I just found it. I just found it irritating. Uh, and I was like, right, I'm getting... Do something with this character, please. I don't know whether you thought the same or... Um, yeah, I wasn't irritated by it, but I get what you mean. He's just getting a popping up for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. He could have he been more helpful or had a more integral part. Yeah. Uh, um, it's a weird one. Yeah, and I think... But at the end of it, that's really what I find the, the weakest elements of the, the the episode are now i think getting into the good stuff so um but we'll <laughs> i'll get onto the doctor in a second because that can be a bit complicated the stuff with vinda i really really liked and i've said from from halloween apocalypse uh, and when we were talking about um war with the Sonta- uh, war of the santarans um i was really interested to see right what's going to happen with this character of of vinda and we get uh, we get quite a bit of his backstory, uh, and and, and, as, uh, and as a as a result of that, um, a better understanding of his character. And I really liked all that. So seeing him, um, you know, he he was in the military. Uh, he basically got a promotion, which was um, working for this character called the Grand Serpent, played yes. by Craig Parkinson. 
He's a very good actor. I've seen him in other stuff. He always plays sort of. <laughs> always plays dodgy characters funny enough one of the character the, the thing that uh, he was in an episode of black books which is the uh uh the uh, sitcom and it's an episode in which he plays a um uh he, he tries to get people to uh he tries to rip people off right okay um through um in the in the case of the episode getting bernard black um getting him to play poker and cheating him out of it so he owns like thousands of pounds and how is he going to pay it, play it always remember him in that um, well, uh, oh, well actually on the live stream I showed a picture that he put on Twitter of his kid watching him on the telly um, mm-hmm. and he said his, his son's only 10 and he usually doesn't get to see him and stuff because it's not really appropriate stuff yes I saw that yeah yeah right. uh, which I thought that you know that was quite nice to find that you know his son's able to, to see him perform <laughs> Hopefully the kid was. Is that all you do? Um, hopefully he liked it. But uh, um, can we talk about the whole thing just to get it out of the way? Mm. Um, I'd speculated that Vinda might actually be Gallifreyan, maybe from the dark times, the time of the division, or something like that. Right. Um, maybe that's kind of debunked in this episode a little bit. Um, would you say so? I would say so. I mean, I thought I never thought he was a time. I'm not saying that. Well, I never thought that right, you know. But uh, but it was it was an interesting point. I remember us talking about it, uh, and I think potentially, it's, yeah, I, I do think this episode does debunk that. Although interestingly, uh, which I think probably we're going to mention, he does know what a TARDIS is. Yeah, um, the last reaction we had like that was um, Night of the Doctor, with a girl meeting the Eighth Doctor, Cass. When she says, "Oh, this is TARDIS," um, and mm. she was aware of that because of the Time War, and Vinda is he aware um, of the TARDIS from possibly the Time War as well, or or something? I'm not sure, but it's interesting. Yeah, you, you're right because with uh, but with Night of the Doctor, she recognizes it as a horror and going, "Are oh, you a Time Lord? Right, I don't want anything to do with you." Mm. Um, Whereas this, you know, he, he, he briefly enters the TARDIS and he's really excited. He's going, is this a TARDIS? So it's, so it's interesting that he's aware of what a TARDIS is, but he's yeah. still excited by it. He doesn't seem to be off-put by it. But maybe, maybe that's a question that, that will be answered. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a curious thing to say. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but I, but I, I, I really like his character. Uh, and Jacob Anderson, who who plays him, I think is doing a fantastic job. And it's, uh, um, I know that he's you know he's be, been an actor for a while, and I know he was in Game of Thrones, but I never saw that. But I think now it's just gone. I want to kind of want to follow his career because I think he's you know I think he's really bloody good, um, yeah. and certainly in this. And then finding out you know so he ends up working for, as I say, Craig Parkinson's character, who's called the Grand Serpent. Uh, yes. Uh... Again, we don't know much about his character or what's really going on. No, I I do think he I do think the Grand Serpent appears later on in the series. I may be wrong on that, but I I, I don't think this is the last we see of him. So, no. Um, yeah. but he's quite a nefarious character. Uh, basically, uh, what happens is he's it's a diplomatic mission. He's he's going through a treaty, and but he the people he's negotiating with. He says, uh, "You've got ten prisoners. Four of them I want bumped off. Uh, I want them assassinated. Make it look like accidents." Yeah. Vinda's not keen on this and reports it. 
Um, and we have this this great scene. I mean, one of the things that I quite like about this episode as well. I mean, uh, you could say that it's a, it's a dream from a producer's point of view because they don't have to pay like loads of actors, but um, because uh, the characters are split and fractured across time, they end up embodying uh, other people and other people's memories. Yeah, um, traditionally it's not something I'm that keen on mm. um, when things are kind of played out with other characters. I guess it all depends on. Um, the scenario, um, mm-hmm. but in this case, I did, I did like it, uh, and especially in the Doctor's one, where it's kind of revealed that um, Carvinista was one of them. Yes, actually, uh, on the live stream, someone did suggest that Vinda was actually Vinda in the Doctor's. Ah, okay. That's, I, I I didn't quite buy it, but it's a it's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah, it is possibly. Um, that might tie well. That would tie into your theory, Rob. But maybe he is, and that would yeah. you know, maybe or at least or, yeah, or at least part of the division. I don't know. Yeah, uh, because, maybe that's how he recognizes a TARDIS. He just hasn't been in one for an awfully long time. I suppose, yeah, uh, and um, he doesn't necessarily need to be Gallifreyan because. Oddly enough, Carvinista was a division operative. Yes, he, true. He's not not Gallifreyan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, back to Vinda's kind of um, story in this. Yeah, so he so he ends up reporting uh, the Grand Serpent's actions, and uh, the I've forgotten the rank. We'll call him a colonel. Well, he's probably a major, but anyway, whatever. <laughs> uh, the colonel that he's talking to is play you know is played by. Um, Mandib Gill. Uh, so, so in some respects, the fact that Yaz doesn't have really much to do in this episode, at least she as an actress is able to sink her teeth into playing a completely different character, and I think she does it really well. Yeah, the best, the best part of it isn't even about Yaz. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but what ends up happening is that so uh, Vinda uh, reports on this, but it backfires, and that effectively he's put into exile, and that's why he was on that uh, outpost rose, outpost rose, which we saw in the very first episode, Halloween Apocalypse. So that's the reason how he got there. Um, and we f- again, I'm jumping ahead a bit, but then we find out that going back to the character Belle, um, because she's looking for somebody. And she encounters the Cybermen and um, manages to destroy them all in, I think, what is quite a really cool scene uh, and gets quite chatty with one of them. Mm. And, uh, you know, she says, you know, the Cyberman asks what her mission is. She goes, my mission is love. She's after someone who, you know, she's, she's after somebody, sorry. She's looking for somebody who, uh, <laughs> who she loves. Uh, and we find out at the very end of the episode that that person is Vinda. Yeah didn't see that coming no no i i didn't either i was just like, oh okay and so in some respect i'm pleased that's how the episode ended uh because i thought one i thought it was quite nice and it adds something to those uh, two characters but it also explains what bell was doing i think you know had um had that been held over for another episode or something and find out just that didn't need to be held off for that long, so I think revealing that at the end of the episode was was the perfect timing for it, and uh, that was that was quite nice. Um, 
but they're yeah. separated because Vinda gets the Doctor to um, take him back to the home planet, which has been ravaged by by the flux. Although interestingly, yeah. it hasn't destroyed the planet. No, what has destroyed it? Maybe, um, maybe his the population of his planet is in one of the passengers. I do think the passengers will get utilized at some point. Mm-hmm. I think they've explained the concept of it, and we'll have a group of characters or a civilization hiding away in one at some point. Yeah. So, do you want to ex- explain what the passengers are? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the passenger is a, a body that can hold. Is it hundreds of thousands or millions? I think it's millions. Uh, Millions, yeah. So it can hold a whole civilization potentially, mm-hmm. um, and the uh, well swarm um, is using them. This yes, it's in, it's old swarm, isn't it? It's in the flashbacks. Yes. Um. He he's destroying them there. Um. But there is a passenger in present day as well, and we it hasn't been revealed who's in that yet, has it? No, oh, but it? oh no! It, oh, it has actually. It was Diane. It was Diane. Yeah, um, Dan's uh, potential love interest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much those summed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but now the Doctor. So what the Doctor has been doing is is hopping through everyone else's different time streams to try and reassure them and, and get them all together, whilst at the same time she's gone through uh, through into her own time stream. And uh, that of um, the bear with me. It's fugitive doctor. That's it. Uh, for some reason, oh, yeah. I can't remember that. So, go, um, uh, so we see Joe Martin come back, which was uh, which was great. I hope she comes back later on uh, in the series. Uh, I hope so. I was so annoyed that we didn't just get to see her properly. It was all these little flashes. Yeah, and you know she was there. I think they could have just gave the scene to her. To be honest, yes. Uh, so, as we were saying, the the other actors are uh, given the opportunity to play other characters through all this yeah. being splintered and fractured across time. Um, Especially if this is the last time we ever see it, that it would have been a missed opportunity. Uh, yeah, I think so. And I think, with all due respect to Jodie Whittaker, who does a good job, uh, but you know, I love Joe Martin's story. I, I would have much preferred to have seen m- more of her and actually play, just seeing her play the part. But um, yeah, I agree with uh, I agree with you. Uh, I think if we don't see her come back, in we will. Yeah, I think we will. Surely. But, but if we, yeah, but um, if she doesn't, I think that would be a missed opportunity. But for what it was, it was great to see her. So it turns out that uh, the fugitive doctor, uh, along with a couple of other people, one of whom was Carvanistra, um, working for the division, had previously been on the planet Time and defeated um, Swarm and Azure originally um, and finds out how they defeated them and then basically the Doctor makes a deal with the Mori who are in the, the you know the, the three giant ones to repeat what they did to defeat them in the present um, and that that's exactly what happens um, but we also see other other things going on. She encounters um, a character called Orsok. Um, she seems to 
Uh, and what we uh, establish in this was that the flux was not just a, a freak natural event. The flux is created, it's been planned. Um, so this raises the questions of, one, who is she? Who is Orsok? Um, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know, but it's like, well, well, who the hell is she? <laughs> I haven't looked into the article, but there seems to. Be, uh, I think it was the Denner Geek website, but there seems to be some places suggesting that she's the White Guardian. Yeah, I've I have read that. Um, I have. Uh, uh, other assumptions could be, of course, the Doctor. Could be, um, but I th- I, I, or Tectiun. Te- that crossed my mind. To be honest, I, I thought it was her. Yeah, I think like that's been up in the air since the whole stuff with Ireland. It's all, because Sasha Dewan's master, um, in the Matrix, did say, "Could could this memory that was disguised as Ireland be like a a final gift or a message from from maybe Tectayun?" Hmm. Um, so I feel like that that's a thread that still needs to be pulled on. Yeah, yeah, I do. Th- yeah, but funny enough, I th- the f- the first time I saw her was that's who I thought it was actually. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I, of those theories, I'm I, obviously I'm going with the flow of it, but at the moment, if I had to settle upon a theory of who I think that character is, then I would say I think it's Tectiun. Yeah. Um, I think I think the Doctor might be a safe guess as well. Are you not too keen on that, or do you not kind of buy that? I think it's I think it's a mixture of both. Um, obviously, if it does turn out to be the Doctor, it, it, it would depend on how it's how that's handled. A, a, a very old Doctor, like far ahead, like the curator. Oh, maybe, um, but I, I, I don't know. Whether, I don't think I'm that keen on the on the idea. No. Um, but if if it is. The, but anyway, wherever that is, because it was a, that scene was a lot of tight close-ups, and um, it wasn't very clear mm. where they were. And but she was clearly doing something. Yeah, um, being scientific and holding up, like like Tectine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think that. But Orsok uh, said to the Doctor, "Do not, don't go looking for what where this is." So obviously, at some point, the Doctor is going to be looking out for where that is, but. Um, yeah, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Don't think of pink elephants. But um, so that's interesting. But yeah, so there's a big question of who is she at this point. We don't really know. Um, and the, so the flux has been created deliberately to destroy the universe. And it seems to be mm. on this thing of because not every, it it's time for it to end. Obviously, the doctor isn't thrilled by that prospect. So then no. this raises well, who created the flux? Now, originally, the, I thought that, that the flux had been created by Swarm to begin with. Yeah, and Swarm did go on to talk about how, back in the dark time, uh, there was this kind of um, conflict over space and time. Yeah. So those two elements were brought into it. Mm-hmm. And is the flu- does the flux exist to eradicate one one of those? Perhaps. Yeah, uh, so that seems to be the, 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 the suggestion. Uh, but Orsok seemed to also make the suggestion that Swarm is just being used for the purposes of the Flux. Yeah. So there's something greater happening here. Yeah. Uh, and the other question is, of course, why? Um, 
why would he be used? Yeah, who created the flux? Why was it created? And you know what's going on? So th- that that raises all the, all those questions, um, which I suppose were you know were already there of going, but what the hell is the flux and what yeah. didn't it do well? But it's the fact that someone it's been established that well it's it's created and the use of the flux has been planned, um, and the fact that the episode ends with uh, the Doctor having repaired the temple and the Muri back in position and in, seemingly in control of time and then hence the flux although it's made clear that the flux has already done its work it's already damaged the universe which cannot be reversed um swarm seems to make the suggestion that that was all part of his plan anyway right so is that oh okay um and i think I think that's where we've we've pretty much left. Oh, uh, and then, so um, as I said before, the old pilot of the TARDIS, Vinda, uh, through his own choice, has been uh, left on his own planet. But the Doctor gives uh, him a device, saying, "If you need help, basically, basically gives him a space mobile phone. Yeah, um, get in contact and if o- you need any help." And also the fact <clears throat> that the Doctor's there um, answers the question that uh, it's not Gallifrey. Mm-hmm. Because Vinda's not from Gallifrey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, there's the the Taurus isn't better yet. We've got those weird growths coming out the wall. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's one thing we didn't mention about Bell and Vinda. Uh, so it turns out that Bell uh, is pregnant. Oh yes, I completely forgot about that. Yes, uh huh. Um, so. Um, my wife was watching it with me and she kind of picked up on the fact that um, some of the qualities of Belle and maybe Vinda are much like the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Kind of good sense of morals and travels around a bit. Um, and has these good values. Um, and there's a child on the way. Could be the timeless child. Oh, okay. That's, uh, yeah, that's... That's a possibility, actually. I kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I do and I don't, because mm. we've got this whole mystery um, finally brought back, that the Doctor is this child who arrived probably not even from this universe, mm-hmm. um, which is a good mystery. And to have it resolved so quickly, gone from being like, we knew who the Doctor is, then we really didn't. Now we're meeting the doctor's parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. It's it's almost like hell bent undoing the fiftieth anniversary special. Yeah, <laughs> which was just like we've now d- the doctor's got to find his own planet. Oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was really it was during the day of the doctor. It was really like okay, this is set up for the next fifty years of the show. It, it has a, like a, a direction now. Yeah. And say now. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like no, nah, we'll just we'll just ignore that. It's just, oh, for goodness sake, what a complete waste of. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. So yeah, I probably I'm probably sitting on the fence yeah, with it as well. Chibnall will be hated. What's that? <laughs> Chibnall will be hated. <laughs> Those are he's hated already. Parents. What else could he? Yeah, do? but this will be like suicide. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, okay, but it's it's an interesting uh, observation, and you know, at this point, it, you know, it's uh, could be. It's you know, it's possible. Um, yeah. Oh, of course, that doesn't explain where the Doctor gets these abilities to regenerate from. But still, you never know. In a universe post-flux, 
if time's gone, it's the timeless child. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. It always does. It always does. Um, yeah. So th- yeah. Th- thanks for that reminder because I forgot about that. So but watching the neck that was going, we didn't know that she was pregnant. Uh, yes, we did, Liam. It was made quite clear. Oh, completely forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so, so, so there's that, which is great, and then um, then we have the cliffhanger, where uh, Dan, Yaz, and the Doctor are in the TARDIS, and Yaz is just sitting down, and she pulls out her mobile phone, and out springs a weeping angel. Uh, and then takes control of a TARDIS. Yeah, uh, the angel uh, also has a crack on its face mm-hmm. to identify it. Yeah, so it might it might be a, a relevant angel there to the story. Um, yeah, so this takes me back to something I said earlier um, about what are the motives of the angel. Mm-hmm. Um, because yes, the the angels coming here and piloting the TARDIS, but could the angel? be trying to fix the flux um, possibly do to do something to benefit itself um, but could be beneficial to the doctor as well it might not be okay I'm going to lead you to more trouble here I don't know well this goes into you reminded me of a point that you made when we were reviewing uh, the previous episode because you said well we're saying that Swarm was the villain uh, and yeah, okay, he's doing villainous things, but and he says it says he wants to reign in hell. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, in this episode, so it's just like yeah, he is pretty, bit villainous. He is pretty villainous. But this goes into the thing of going well. He does he want to stop? We don't really know fully know his motives, do we? No. So it could be the case that. Um, Towards the end of the story, we could have the rug pulled up from uh, from under our feet and go, ah, well, you thought this? Well, actually, he was the good guy. Um, so we'll have to wait. Have to wait and see. You know, see on that. It's going to be interesting. But yeah, going going back to um, the weeping angel. Yeah, at this point, we don't. They just seem to be. Um, yeah, I there. don't know if I'm hopeful for next week because. Uh, we had that scene with who is it, Claire? Surely Claire's going to turn up in this one. Um, Claire with the TARDIS blue front door. Um, yeah, so that scene was actually quite scary, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, um, and I didn't get that vibe from the next time trailer. No, I, I didn't either. Um... I know you can't really... Um, convey that in a in like an action packed yeah. 10 second trailer yeah. suspense and fear but um what did you, what did you think of the cliffhanger mm, it was very rtd kind of thing to happen mm. it was unexpected and interesting yeah uh, a little bit mm mm-hmm. Did you think we? I thought it was all right. I mean, I thought that the the cliffhanger to the previous episode was a lot more gripping. Yeah, and do you think it it didn't deliver? We didn't have a decent enough face up. Well, we did have stuff with Swarm and the Doctor, which is quite good. Uh, yeah, but I thought. I wonder how this one, this next one, will be resolved. If it'll be instant. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. But um, yeah, it's fine. But I didn't. Th- I, I thought it just seemed. Yeah, I'd... as long as they don't just all wake up fractured <laughs> in different places next. <laughs> yeah, just going. Hang on, you've you, yeah. you've already done this before. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I thought it was fine. I just I didn't think it was the best cliffhanger. Um, no, I'm a little bit annoyed that Vinders went his separate way because I finally thought in part two when Vinder meets Yaz, I thought great things are finally the teams coming together. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, they were fractured, and then he's kind of went on his way. Yeah. Um, and we've only got three episodes left. Yeah, and uh, I've. For some reason, I've uh, throughout from uh, the Halloween apocalypse to now, Vinda's the character I'm most drawn to. Yeah, and yeah, you, you're right. It would the fa- yeah we seem to be pulling everything together, and now it's it's went its separate ways again. It's and that's a that's a little bit uh, disappointing, but we we'll just have to wait and see how yeah. how it, play, it plays out. Yeah, well, seeing on the live stream, we all kind of agreed that it would it, it could have. It could have been nicer had all these characters had their different narratives throughout the first few episodes, and then they all team up. Like the anticipation of like seeing everyone's different stories, and then they kind of come together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all been interesting so far, though. Yes, I agree with that. But I think that um, it this episode's got good bits in it, but I think as a whole. Um, it's fine. Um, yeah. I, so, I, I think it's easily the weakest episode that we've seen so far from from the Flux series. Um, yeah. The first two I thought were exceptional, especially the War Wilson and Torrance is probably my favourite up until now. This yeah. one felt like, uh, you've dropped the ball a little bit. Do you think this episode presents a problem with the casual viewer? Not with the complexity, complexity of it, but... Um, with relying on the fugitive doctor and division, which are mild parts of it, mm. but still pretty significant parts of what's going on. Well, they are significant. I think if you were a gen- if a general VR, yeah, you you may be you may be a bit stumped um, because you're aware that this all seems to be quite big. The doctor's talking about um, the opportunity to learn more about herself. Yeah, and there's. Like I say, there's not there's not that much um, much of a reminder or a recap of all that stuff yet. We we'll have these scenes with Jodie Whittaker where she's where she really does explain what's going on mm-hmm. in a very simple way. So um, it's kind of here and there. Yeah. I mean, possibly. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe general. If anyone's lost on on the aspect of the fugitive doctor, they'll probably pick up on. I think it's like well, it's made clear that it. Joe Martin is a is a previous version of the doctor that the doctor doesn't really have much memory of. Yeah. So if the doctor's is lost as much as we are, then that's part of the, the yeah. storytelling. I think if it was me and I'd just dipped into the show, I'd. I would take that stuff as just part of the mystery and I'd want to know more and maybe I'd go back and revisit stuff. I don't think it would affect me badly. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Mm. Aye. Um, unless I've missed something, Robin, there's something you want to... Do you want to go to listeners' responses or is there something else? You... Yeah, let's do it, yeah. 
Okay, so uh, we've got uh, quite a few to, to go through, which is quite nice. So starting off with uh, Christopher Brett Hall, uh, he said, I feel it is the weakest episode thus far of this arch. A lot of setup and exposition without a strong core story to back it up. I don't think it's time to ring alarm bells. It might feel better at the end of the storyline, but for now, it's not much of a muchness. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think it's time to ring alarm bells yet. Because uh, as we've said before, Chibbers uh, has a tendency <laughs> to sort of like drop the ball a bit. Uh, yeah, been... there's still time, yeah. but I'm still concerned we're halfway now. Um. Yeah, it is halfway through the story. We we'll, we we'll just have to see how it how how it goes. But yeah, I I, t- I mean for one, I definitely agree. I think it's the weakest episode so far. I think that's yeah. I d- I do hope the the formula of each episode does kind of reinvent it, reinvent itself as the show goes on, so we don't have another time fracture going on. I have something new mm-hmm. next time. Yeah. Uh, Rob Keeley says that was the most confusing episode of Doctor Who I've seen. I was wrong when I said this serial worked better. We need we needed six well-told adventures in space and time. It looks great, and Jodie's performance was strong. But goodness knows what this will do to the casual viewer. Um, yeah, well, funny enough, we, we touched on that. Um, I mean, we can only speculate because we're not general viewers. Yeah, I feel like we should run out into the street and ask people. Yeah. <laughs> Just running, running up. They'll the be like, oh, I don't watch that rubbish. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and that's going to say no. General viewers don't watch Doctor Who anymore. What are you talking about? Um, I think really, you'll you. If we were to to run out in the street or just knock on people's doors randomly and ask them what they thought about the episode, which wouldn't freak yeah. people out at all, um, then. I think you would get people who would obviously say, well, I was utterly confused and I don't think I'll be watching again or yeah. just complete thrown. But then I think at the same time, it's like what you said before, Rob, I think people would just you know, go, well, it's part of the mystery and hopefully it'll make sense at yeah. the end. I could have done that on Halloween night when I was trick-or-treating. Trick-or-treat and how was Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> I literally, literally could have knocked a few doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah could. Uh, well, it's coming up to Christmas. We could, you know, sing carols. He's a he. He is a singing carols, and then finally, what do you think of Doctor Who? Um, you know, so we could do it that way if you wanted. Um, yeah. Yeah. Brain not dead yet. No, hang on. Sorry, that's wrong. Brain not. Brain not yet. Dead. Are you feeling all right? <laughs> Fine. Uh, I just couldn't read this person. Person's uh, Twitter name. Sorry. Brain not yet dead. Says. Poor. I mean, what the actual flux was that? Littered with characters I didn't care about, very disappointing, and frankly, very embarrassing. Um, yeah, different take on that. Um, I quite, I quite like the characters. I mean, I, I mean, when we were introduced to Belle at the very beginning of the episode, I, I did. I, my reaction was, really, do we need another character? Um, so I thought it was going to be death by character overload. Watching yeah. it, and every every time it flashed back to the main characters, mm. it would go back to Belle and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about her." Mm-hmm. So it didn't it didn't distract from the main story. Yeah, and to be honest, I think uh, I quite like the fact that as this time went on, one because I like the character uh, and and the actress playing her. But it was it was the one episode which you know you, you weren't hopping around all over the place. It was what it was, it was the one constant of the episode, one constant character with a clear through line. Yeah, I think given what else the episode was was doing, I thought well, that was actually important and it worked. Yeah. Um, 
But as if a, this had been a traditional forty odd minute episode, I think it would have took away too much from the main story. Yes, I agree with that. But forming part of this, this overall thing, I think it worked. But yeah, I, I mean, I do agree with. I mean, I th- as I said before, I thought th- the way that Joseph Williamson. I'm quite irritated by him now. Next time we see that character, I want him to be a bit more ingrained into the narrative and for for it to make a bit more sense, really, uh, I think, yeah. at, at this point. I think he's going to have two more cameos <laughs> and then <laughs> and then a little scene to explain what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> just turns out, yeah, it's just... I would just throw him, throw him in yeah. for larks. Wait till... In the village, village of the angels, you'll you'll turn up in the basement of the church for a moment. Yeah, being yeah, called it now. Yeah, yeah. being a nineteenth-century ex- eccentric, or <laughs> I don't know what's going on, and then flipping <laughs> off and just going right. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> something you look forward to. Um, Alex Gibbons, who target, says, sort of the middle because I sort of semi-liked it for little cameos, but I just didn't think it was that great, to be honest. So maybe a five at the moment, but need to watch it again tomorrow for the podcast. Uh, I, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be one of those episodes where it, it, it depends really on how the overall thing folds out. But at the moment, mm. I think uh, I think it's the weakest. But um, mm. uh, we've got someone excited for Bell. Uh, completely different officers taking what we've heard. Definitely the best of Doctor Who flux yet. Did what they need to do. Yaz still is in trouble with development, but this is good news. Still a clean sweep for now. Um, yeah. Um, actually, because that was another thing as well, you know, because once again at the end of this episode, we had Yaz ask, you know, asking the question of the Doctor, and the Doctor, it, you know, just saying, "Do you have to keep on asking questions?" Mm, I noticed that. Yeah. And it's just. Um, how much is Yaz going <laughs> to let this go by? But we'll, but, but yeah. we'll see. Mm. Um, Bill for Vendetta. Going going back to a previous point. Um, Doctor Who just abandoned any pretense at keeping the casual viewer. Only Who fans will come back for more after that. Um, that was my concern, but I think it might be enough to pull people back. Actually, yeah, and there's enough in, enough intrigue there. I think so, and especially because the Weeping Angels are coming back. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's the promise of something a bit fresh, something a bit different, and something that is familiar. As well, like a familiar villain. So, mm-hmm. anyone who was a a little bit confused or put off by this episode, but still intrigued, yeah, might still be still be um, wanting to sit down and watch next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. And uh, and not forgetting, the Weeping Angels is one of those like the Cybermen and the Daleks. You know, pretty much you know, casual viewers know who they are, and that that might go. It's like, oh, the Weeping Angels are back. Get get them in. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Stephen Hyatt. Uh, <laughs> arguably gives uh, one of my favourite responses. Bloody loved it. Not a damn clue what was going on, but I bloody, bloody loved it. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Embrace the madness. Just just enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, Ayn said Chibnall trying to do a Moffat with John Painter replying saying, and failing. Trying to do a Moffat. I think... Yeah, because Moffat was, was big on his complex time paradoxes time timey wimey stuff aye. yeah which did get a bit tiring 
Um, but I think the fact that we haven't had that for quite a while, this this felt a bit fresh and not as not as irksome. Um, yeah, yeah. Some would argue it's what the show should be. I, I guess. Yeah, I think I th- more, more about time. It's fine to do it once in a while, but to make it the it it it, it, bo- it bogged the the series down. I think, but it was here. I thought it was fine. Um, but I agree with a point that you raised, Rob. Where I think, in some respects, with the idea, it would have been nice to have seen Joe Martin play her version of the Doctor a little bit more. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, Fanner David Paisley says, "Really good, loads going on, loving the romance elements." Uh, I agree with that. Great performances and visual effects. Yep, uh, visuals are great, apart from the uh, the French flag bit, but. <laughs> French flag, what are you talking about? Oh yeah, me and my obscure talking bollocks. Right, anyway, uh, James H says, best use of time travel, amazing surprises, tugged at the heartstrings, and what a cliffhanger. Mm. So, uh, yeah, d- d- great. Uh, I'm pleased that there's someone who, who yeah, because I was a bit unsure about the cliffhanger, but maybe that, maybe that's just me. I'm, I'm pleased that there's someone Did... who who liked that. And, um, so that's good. Does anyone think this story's just alright? People seem to like, love it or hate this. Well, we seem to be getting the full the full range of it. Some people are really loving it, which is great. Some people like yours is going, yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. clearly weak, and then some people just go, no, it's crap. So yeah. we're getting the full we're getting the full range of uh, of opinion on this one. Uh, Lisa Stockley says a fun, confusing, and exciting ride. Very excited to see what happens. Laird of Bandrum says confusing but amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, John Painter, uh, who I mentioned before, he replied to uh, a previous listener's response. Says, "This is this this is clearly going into the you know how we're saying we're following uh, following the full range of people's opinion. This is uh, see where he goes with this load of old tot, Chibnall desperately throwing um, I'm I'm paraphrasing here uh, crap at the wall to see what sticks. Nice to see Terry's ghost getting his annual check." Um, <laughs> was engaged last week for the first time since the beginning of the Chibnillian era. Disengaged 15 minutes into this one. Can't wait for RTD. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I, I, I know what he means about going... Uh, I thought that the Return of the Daleks was... Oh, the Daleks! Uh, kind of a nice surprise, but I know what you mean. It's, um, And this goes back into the point that we said before. It's It's regardless of whether you're liking this Flux story or not. The... F- it's kind of like, but RTD's coming back. Um, yeah. <laughs> no one cares. Well, this is crap, but... But, yeah, exactly. So, Just around the corner. Yeah. So, John Painter, at least there's there's something to look forward to. You may not be liking this. You might think it's a, a load of old tot, but as you hold said... It, hold on in there. <laughs> yeah, you can get hold through on. It. You can do it. Uh, RTD will be back uh, quite soon. Yeah. Uh, Darren Lodge says, a bit disappointed, not as good as the previous two. I felt a little bit let down. They deliberately dodged the resolution of the cliffhanger. I totally agree with that, actually. I thought it it, it felt very quick, didn't it? And yeah. I mean, th- actually, because th- going back onto it, I thought they got away with it in the sense of, as a fan watching it, you're kind of going, well, that's how Matt Smith's Doctor was introduced in the 11th hour. You know how when he's trying to solve something and you actually see his from point of view and he's seeing everything within very quick succession yeah we also had a similar scene in let's kill hitler yes for the regeneration of mel's to river yeah so so in terms of uh in terms of the show it's it, it has done this sort of thing before 
Um, so it's like, right, okay, we know that the Doctor's able to do this and that's what the Doctor's done. But to be honest, so it was fine and he kind of rushes into the, the narrative. But I do I do think it was, uh, following what was a great cliffhanger, I, th- I did think it was a bit of a damp squid. It, it, was, yeah, it could have been better. Um, yeah. But anyway, sorry, going back to his point. Uh, did I leave a dodge the resolution of the cliffhanger of the previous episode by putting a new character and storyline in place right away? I hope the next episode ramps it up again. Uh, I certainly agree with that. Um, I think following this episode, I hope it does pick up. Um, and yeah. then finally, Dallas Jones, who I've got to say, right, uh, Dallas Jones, when I was going through um, the, the, the Twitter feed uh, to try and see what the replies were, uh, Twitter blocked your comment um, saying that uh, saying that uh, it may contain language which was questionable. I'm saying, oh, right, okay, this must be very strongly worded. Let's view it. So I viewed it and went, um, I don't I don't know what Twitter found exception to. Other uh, Listeners might work this one out. Dallas Jones says, 8.5 out of 10. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe oh, that was a... Just wash going, your mouth out. <laughs> just going, what? Anyway, 8, 8.5 out of 10. If everything pays out, it would be 10 out of 10. How dare you say that? Yeah, that's <laughs> disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> Absolutely foul. No, don't know what, I don't Filth. know what Twitter found exception to that tweet, but... <laughs> <laughs> Twitter's a Doctor Who fan and has strong opinions. I think that much is clear. Um, so great that... Uh, so yeah, it, it's interesting. You know, you, I mean that uh, Dallas Jones saying eight point five, which is a very high respectable score, but saying that if the whole thing, you know, pays off at the end, uh, then mm. would rank it uh, higher with ten out of ten. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. We've had people who really like it. Uh, people have just gone, yeah, it was all right, and then people just go, no, it was a load of old crap. <laughs> <laughs> so one of those episodes which clearly gets a a, a lot of. Uh, a lot of res- a lot a lot of passion with that one yeah so in terms of us summing it up in conclusion and score uh hmm. how about you Rob? well we did do this on the live stream this week hmm. um we started off a few a few weeks ago doing like a 10 out of 10 score which you know we've kind of made that obsolete by now mm-hmm. because it just it just doesn't seem to work for us yeah um so this week we rated it um, as what kind of yogurt it would be. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so, um, obviously, good to bad from a, a bad yogurt to a good yogurt. Um, we and we did get on with like Muller Corners earlier in the in the live stream. Right. Um, but uh, I did rate this one the the chocolate balls with vanilla yogurt. Not quite. A banana yogurt with chocolate coloured cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Um, but it was no Mississippi mud pie. I've I haven't eaten a Muller corner. I've no idea what you're talking. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I haven't I haven't eaten one of those oh. in years. No. <laughs> um, right, okay. I think if I so that that sums my feelings up completely. <laughs> okay. Well, me going off the yogurt score. <laughs> I think I would give this uh, a Greek yogurt. Um, it's f- <laughs> it's fine, it's <laughs> average, uh, but really it 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 has to it has to be accompanied by something really nice, like you know, um, you know, it's it's it. it <laughs> you've got to have a Greek natural yogurt with something else. 
Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. I mean, it's not like it was a froob or anything. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) So, so going to our good average or bad score, did, did we actually do a poll this week? Oh, pants, I don't think we did. Hang on. I'm, yeah, I'm going to double check. You know what? I might have. Sometimes I remember things. I have a little scroll through Twitter. You keep the listeners uh, busy, Liam, while I check. Uh, yeah, so listeners, do you think we should stick with the, with the Yogurt score? It's, it's, it's quite something. I think what I would have to do in order for that to work is eat a heck of a lot more yogurt. Then, then rank mm. and then rank them all and go right. Okay, that that that's yes. it on the on, on the yogurt scale. And then so I yes. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Or or we could or we could try something else. Maybe that's a bit too. Maybe it's derivative now. Maybe that should be something for the live feed. But we should do I don't know the cake scale. The cake scale. So so I'm like what? Yeah, that's odd. Oh, I I like that idea. Yeah, I'm very very particular about cake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. So, if you want to know what the hell I've been talking about, everyone, do check out the live stream with um, with Carolyn, Shona, myself, Matt, Luke and Harry over on our YouTube channel. Um, you can get the link from our website, cloistervillepodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, but so, we didn't actually do a poll this week, Liam, so uh, I, I would have been... Shall I just do one? Like, what did you think of it? And we'll read it out next week. Yeah, I think... Because yeah. I'm interested interested to see how divisive it is. Yeah. sometimes it's inter- overwhelmingly good or, or, or bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do it now and then and then we'll read it for the, for the next podcast. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, just a, <laughs> just one more thing. Because um, you know how um, we, we're having uh, Season 17 come out on Blu-ray? Mm, uh, yeah. which, which I pre-ordered as soon, as soon as that was announced. I'm really looking forward to getting it. But, you know, it was kind of going, and when are they going to announce the delay? Well, everyone, it's been delayed. But actually not by that much. Because uh, it was due to come out in December, and it's still due to come out in December. Uh, but now it's, the, it's... I've got to wait till the 20th. Uh, that's that's cutting it close for Christmas. Uh, yeah, it is a bit, actually. But I, th- I, think, I think it's fine. I think it's doable. Yeah. But... Um, Anyway, enough um, skirting, <laughs> skirting around the <laughs> issue. So, in terms of the normal boring score, um, what do you give it? I do give it out of good, average, bad. I give it a good. It has it had its negatives, like um, we might have wanted the last week's cliffhanger handled better. <laughs> it was it was in no way an average story. There was too much. Um, going on, and there was there was some naff bits, but there was some intriguing bits like Vinda's kind of story that we want more of, and mm-hmm. Joe Martin, yeah, um, and all sorts. Yeah, I think it was good. It was it was yeah, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm gonna rank it average. Um, I get where you're coming from, Rob. From from what you were saying of maybe ranking it average is a little bit uh, maybe a bit too harsh. And I can't, I, I can't, I sort of agree. And likewise, I, I rated it good, but not not top end of the good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. But I, I mean, there are good things about this. I mean, I thought that the direction was good. Uh, and, you know, I loved all the stuff to do with Vinda's character. Um, that was really, really good. 
and the stuff to do with the doctor was it was intriguing but there was just some and and, and bell actually even though it was just like a new character really oh actually there's new characters good i'm pleased she's here um so all that was good and then the romance at the end that that bell and vinda are looking for each other and are romantically linked and um bell is pregnant um so there there are things in this episode that i really like and are, and are good uh but there's other stuff in here which um as I said, I find uh, the Joseph Williamson irritating. Uh, um, I found I found it, ext- I, and I can't get away with this. I found it extremely disappointing how Yaz is once again sidelined. I thought we'd gone past that, um, but it, it, and I think really that's the biggest issue that I have with this episode. Um, mm. And I think that's probably and I, there are other elements as well. As I said, for everything that's good in it, there are there are other elements which I think just bring the quality down. By no means is it bad, but I just yeah, there, there are elements of it which I I'm disappointed with, and I can't I can't I can't get over it um, without <laughs> just being needlessly dramatic. But yeah, um, so you know how you were saying that you were ranking it good, but but at the lower end of good. Well, I'm ranking it average, but at the higher end of average. Right, yeah, okay. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's a yogurt that I really like, mm. but not the best. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't know what... Um, would that be a banana we'll flavoured the... yogurt? Yeah, that's the banana one, yeah. 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 Um, but the, yeah, the, uh, yeah. The, um, it wasn't like the reject one, like the, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the toffee one with the chocolate-covered hoops. They don't actually do that in the multi-packs anymore. Oh, do they not? No, it's always like the reject one. <laughs> Have you heard, you know, celebrations? Yeah. Um. Apparently, if you send all the reject bounties back, you'll get Maltesers. But I really like bounties. Yeah, bounties are lovely. Yeah, because I know that they, they stopped putting bounties in, and then apparently they're bringing them back, and everyone's just like, but no one likes Wait, bounties. And I went, well, I'm, I'm sorry to contradict you, but I love them. Yeah, Bounties are good. But actually, I think, you know, give me a bounty and I'll be happy. Uh, for, yeah. for listeners, I don't I know mean, who, who uh, from outside of Britain, who may not who may not get bounties. What they are, yeah. it's uh, it's a chocolate bar with uh, with a coconut filling wrapped in, the common one's milk chocolate, which is nice. I, but I think it works best with the dark chocolate. And they're really difficult that, to get hold of. It sounds awful, actually. It's not just like grated coconut. <laughs> it's not sweet. It is actually nice. Let's make sure. Yeah, I mean, I've, <laughs> it may sound awful. Yeah, you know, it it is really nice. It's uh, yeah. Um, I would actually go out and buy a bounty. Whereas, like, there's things like mm, I'd eat because it's the last thing there. Like, I wouldn't go out and buy a crunchy. Oh, but I'd yeah. eat it. Mm. Oddly enough, I think my least favorite celebration. Uh, I might get like rocks thrown at me for this, but it would probably be the Snickers. See, I prefer a Snickers over a Mars bar. Yeah, I see that a lot, but um, yeah, Mars is probably my favourite of the two. I love the Malteser ones. <laughs> no, you not agree? <laughs> Malteser, I love it. Funny enough, uh, when I went to the cinema, because um, usually I don't bother with food and drink, but uh, on this occasion I bought a pack of Revels. And oh, yeah. uh, I was, you know, I was eating them and I liked them and it was... Because they come, you know, the Maltesers. And when I was eating the Maltesers, I going, oh, the Maltesers ones are really nice. And then thinking about it, it's like, why didn't I just get a p- 
Why didn't I just buy a bag of uh, Maltesers? See, I, I couldn't... I could not stand the thought of Revels just freaks me out. Because I, I don't like uncertainty. Oh, okay. I don't know. Have you not played the I Revels like game? Where, you know, if you eat... If you, you know, <laughs> you take... Alter- it's, it's like sort of like... Uh, it's like Russian roulette, but not as traumatising. No. Um, you know what? I, where whoever I'll gets try the coffee it, I'll try it on the podcast... Just for the sake, just for the sake of it, for the crack. But um, yeah, we'll do. The, we'll, we'll get some revels for the for the next podcast. But yeah, I, I wouldn't generally eat them <laughs> if they can bring them out where they can guarantee it's all the same thing, like Maltesers. Yeah, <laughs> revels, just the Maltesers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Yeah. Well, actually, what they could do. Is you'll have bags of revels. I mean, I don't think. I think the. I think the. The logistics of doing this will just be daft. But what you could do is go right. It's a bag of revels, right? Uh, it's what you would get. It's going to be consistent, but you don't know what it is. It could be a bag of all the coffee ones. God help you, forget them. <laughs> or it could be what? It, what? What's in it? Because obviously I avoid them. What are they? Or uh, you get Maltesers, or you get uh, sort of like uh, plain uh, chocolate. Uh, they're like buttons, but a bit more chunkier. Uh, Sounds alright. Uh, you get orange flavored ones. You've got chocolate coated raisins. Like orange. Oh, see, that's that's fine. I could eat a chocolate coated raisin, but if I'm anticipating a potential Malteser, hmm. that's going to be really disappointing. <laughs> okay. Biting into biting into a chocolate covered raisin. Yeah, and then you've and then you got the dreaded it's the, it's the, coffee one. It's fine, but it's the wrong it's the wrong texture and everything. What's the coffee one? Is that like soft inside? It it it's just a coffee flavored monstrosity, is what it is, Rob. I like coffee. Do you like coffee cake? Yes, coffee and walnut. Coffee and walnut. Yeah. We'll talk about cakes next week. I was going to say what's the best and worst cakes, but that's uh, that's reserved for next week. I think. Yeah, that now that's a cliffhanger, <laughs> not the one in this bloody dodgy episode. Where oh, there's a weeping angel that's to come out of it. Yeah. Uh, no, yes. Uh, so um, next week, uh, listeners, we will talk. We were talking about cakes uh, and Doctor Who a bit, but mainly cakes. Yeah. Bring cake. That's finally. <laughs> Bring cake. Yeah. Mm. I want a French fancy now. Oh right, yeah, I like French fancy. Yeah, French fancy. Would do you? Would you demolish the whole box in one go? <laughs> You're laughing. I could, no, I'm laughing because I'm just like, yes. I've got a question. Yeah. Is that Rob? Of course, I'm bloody good. You only get six or maybe eight. Yeah, or eight, I think. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's they're not for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, um, uh. Uh, my f- my favorite are the there's probably no difference in the flavor, but it, it, my favorite are the yellow ones. Yeah, they're nice actually. I do like those. Yeah, they do like in in winter they do like just white ones, which is quite they're nice, but it's disappointing because there's no yellow ones. You need a bit of variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. Can't just all have yeah. white ones. No. No. Well, anyway, that's just a tantalising glimpse, uh, listeners. Of, just a of the taste. Sort of, yeah, just a taste. Nice one, Rob. Of um, of the, the cake conversation that we'll be having in next week's podcast. <laughs> and and a bit of Doctor Who. But mainly cake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think... I think, uh, I think, I think that... Yeah, some good ingredients for next week. Way! Uh, uh, that was pretty bad, actually. <laughs> oh, I'm loving this. Um, yeah, so I think, I think it's time to wrap up. Um... 
it. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I think when we start talking about okay, right, okay, we've done we've done the uh, the yogurt, we've done the cakes, obviously biscuits. I think when we get to the point of going, now we're going to be talking about our favourite soups. <laughs> Just be going, yeah. yeah, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel now. You know why I like Doctor Who podcasts? Why? I, I love the bit where they don't talk about Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I've got it. I think this is the best bit in the podcast. <laughs> Usually, I, I, I listen to other podcasts. I love you know, the first 20 minutes. Yeah. And then they just start talking about Doctor Who. <laughs> and it's like, just... <laughs> <laughs> But do you know that last Doctor Next. Who uh, convention that we went to in 2015? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've. I thought the best bits about it was when it had nothing to do with Doctor Who. Which I think I went a bit overboard with, because you know when it was the question and answer sessions, and, and we're asking the you could ask the, the actors anything. I was going yeah, way yeah. out of my way. I'm not asking anything Doctor Who related. God, no. no. They were the best bits, of the, best bits of the convention. Loved it. I know. Oh, yeah, what would, would be, would be much more prepared if that was us now, wouldn't we? With questions. Hmm. Yeah, we'd probably be doing a podcast there, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, in the pro- queue. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> just just shoving microphones in everyone's faces. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe something to look like, forward to, like like paparazzi. Yeah. Just like. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's a that's a wrap, folks. Uh, hopefully, yeah. you've enjoyed our uh, our ramblings this week, and uh, yeah. tune in next week when we'll be talking about. Uh, cake and what's the episode called, Rob? The Town of Angels. Cake, cake. Town of Angel. Angel cake. Angel cake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The Town of Angel. Yeah, cake. Uh, and do check out um, the YouTube live stream. There should be one early in the week. Mm-hmm. Everyone after the weekend. So yeah, hope you all have a good weekend, and we'll see you, see you on Friday. Yep. Take care, everyone. Bring, bring cake. Bye. <laughs> Bye. The cloister bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no.